Now you have $2,000 profit, but if you do that and you do that five times. That should be the goal for most people starting out. We have John here today, who's from our production team, and he was asking me a great question about rental properties. So today we're going to talk about how to make an easy five grand a month on rental properties. So John, give us specific questions just so we understand how we can answer it. So for me, if I wanted to make a passive income of five grand a month, where would I start? Where would I start looking for rentals or how much would I need? How do I get into it? It's a lot of questions, but we can answer them because we all make much more than five grand a month passively. Mm -hmm. Why don't you start and you'll talk about the residential way. Sure. So five grand a month is a good, is a great number to hit because for the most, for most people that'll cover all your basic expenses, utilities, car payments, um, living expenses, et cetera. Right. And you can consider yourself financially free at that point, as long as you maintain your, um, financially free, meaning that he doesn't have to go into his pocket to to pay for his living expenses. Exactly. So that should be the goal for most people starting out in investments. Um, because if you don't have to work to maintain your basic expenses, you have more time to focus on the bigger picture. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a great number to start with. Um, in residential, the best way for someone who doesn't have properties to build wealth is to use the FHA loan to get a multifamily. Are you familiar with that? I, I know of an FHA loan. Um, again, I just don't know how much that how much money that entails me to actually have in my pocket. Okay. And where to go as far as like, oh, let me. I found this property. Who do I go to? Where do I go to get that money? Okay. That's great. Well, you've gone to the right place because Omar, as you see, has a t-shirt on that says the boss on it. (laughs) So he's the boss and he's going to tell us. So tell us, Omar. All right. So what you have to know about FHA loans in general is it's probably the best way for the average person who has little to no experience in real Mm -hmm. estate or little to no previous money or wealth to work with to build wealth through rental income. And the reason for that is because you could put down three and a half percent to five percent as a down payment and borrow the remaining for the... Uh, amount from the bank, right? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing else out there that a bank will give you 95% of the of the cost to purchase outside of real estate. Very very few things. Very so if I want to buy if I want to buy a five hundred thousand dollar duplex, yeah, I need three percent. You said three and a half percent. About three and a half percent. Okay, so that's like twenty thousand dollars with closing costs. Yeah, right about there. So twenty thousand just to get just that. to get started. And what does a monthly payment look like? So there's a couple of things. Now, $20,000 gets you a $500,000 asset. Keep that in mind, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Where else can you put $20,000 down and buy something worth $500,000? Nowhere. Else come to mind? Nothing. Nothing. So that itself makes it a good, good start to look into. But the mm-hmm. question then becomes, if you're looking to cash flow, um, you have to buy it at the right price, right? And a portion of the rent is going to go towards a mortgage, and the remaining portion is going to come out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of financial... Information you have to confirm before you actually take these steps, but that's the gist of it. You get something that's low down payment, high leverage. You live in one unit, you rent out the other, and when you rent out the other unit, that income counts towards. I mean, that rent counts towards your income. Yeah. Right. So the bank looks at that rental uh, income as your own income, and that's why you could afford the higher, higher amount. Okay. And it's, it's different than if you were buying a single family home. Yeah. Because right. then it's they're, they're, the bank is going to approve you based on the money you make in your salary. Right. When you're buying the duplex, like you said, all of that gets piled on top of whatever you're making. Right. So when I so say if I buy a property, should I consider something where I, I live in one unit and rent out another? Or should I have something that has like 
more units than just two because financially would it make sense to have obviously it would be better to have more units because you get you get more rent per unit so that's a great question so you know you've heard the phrase go big or go home Mm -hmm. so do what you can get approved on so if you have um i don't i don't know what the fha limits are I think they're different. In, yeah, I think as far we as raised it, but la- at last it was eight hundred or something. Okay, so so the FHA program has a limit. They won't loan more than let's say eight hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So then you can't go too big. But if you can get a three-family house, get a three-family house. You can get a four-family house, get a four-family house. Yes, you do have to live in one of the units, but having those multiple units is what's going to give you the opportunity to make that five k per month. Right. Okay. So. Um, and when we say you're making that 5K per month, one of part of that money may go towards your payment, mm-hmm. right? So if you have four units and each unit is $1,000 and your mortgage payment is $1,000, uh, you're making $3,000 a month right. minus taxes and expenses. So let's take off another thousand for that. Now you have $2,000 profit, okay? One of those thousand goes towards your unit and then you have $1,000 extra. So right there with that one four family property, you could potentially make $2,000 a month. Obviously we're oversimplifying this. But if you do that and you do that five times, not even, three times, okay, then you're gonna make over $5,000 a month. So it's really about finding the opportunity of of where you can create cash flow. Um, But also keep in mind, FHA is for primary homeowners. Yeah, no, I said he has to live there. So you have to live yeah. there. So the rent, the rental money you get, you probably won't profit off it. Chances mm-hmm. are you're going to, um, that money is going to go straight to the mortgage payments. It's very rare to profit off the rental income when it's a two-family or three-family, right. when it's an FHA purchase. Unless you get a good deal. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So. And there's something where if, if it's a property that you can fix, right, you may get it at um, with tenants that are that are existing and maybe you can get get them out and then clean up the kitchen, redo the bathrooms, clean up the yard, something like that, and then add value, mm-hmm. that's what's going to bring you your, your extra cash flow. Right. So when you guys first got started in rental properties, I know you guys do different, like you do residential more so, you do more commercial. When you got started, did you have some other source of income as well to sure, supplement of that? And then at what point did it make sense to be like, I didn't have to work anymore here? And I could just live off of my income from the rental properties. I mean, I, I don't know what Omar did, but I was begging on the streets trying to get money. <laughs> um, but I wasn't too far off. <laughs> but we saved up money through our other jobs, yeah. you know. Yeah. I saved up my first property was a single family home, which I don't recommend as a first property. Mm-hmm. I think for young people, you're better off buying a multifamily because it generates more income that way. Um, but I did the first uh, property and I needed 32 grand and I had to work my butt off to save that money. Yeah. Um, I did the same. So I had a job nine to five corporate and I wanted to leave that job. And I knew that if I would have left, I wouldn't qualify for a mortgage. So what I did is for that last year where I was working, I went and searched for different properties. Um, at that time the, it was a foreclosure crisis was happening. So long story short, I found a property. I was able to short sale it. I was able to use my W two for my job to qualify for a loan, buy it, close on it and then I quit my job afterwards so what's a short sale a short sale is when the person is losing their home to foreclosure mm-hmm. and you're able to come in and negotiate a price with the bank to get it at a reduced reduced amount so okay. I got a great deal on a house it was a single family uh, but then what happened of course is I quit my job I lost my income mm-hmm. and that's when I rented they call it house hacking I didn't know what it was called at the time it just made sense so I had a four bedroom two bath house you turned it into a rooming house not exactly. Damn, house. it's against zoning. Yeah, well, they don't need to know. 
but um <laughs> you sold that house anyway so it doesn't matter yes right um you're right you can have roommates you can have roommates so um you can have roommates as long as there's no door locking yes you can't have a specific key entry on yeah. the on the bedrooms yeah so what i did was um again i didn't need the whole house to myself right and mm-hmm. at the time when you quit your job my idea was let me free up my time um so i could pursue other things because when you work in nine to five you don't have any time to look for investments mm-hmm. so they call that house hacking back then it just it was just common sense and i say back then it wasn't that long ago either right right so i had a basement i finished i had rooms available i rented that that helped me cover my mortgage but more importantly i didn't have to um stress about the mortgage and tax payment every month right and that gave me so much time to focus on other things right. so hypothetically if i wanted to buy a property and rent it out to a couple of my friends um basically my friends would be paying my mortgage off yeah and eventually i would get to a point where i would just be receiving money from them paying my the mortgage. goal is to create the cash flow right so mm-hmm. you're going to have you, let's say you bought a four bedroom house and you wanted to do his house hacking technique and you had four roommates right so and each roommate was paying you $500 now you're making um $2000 a month right. in addition to whatever you're making now imagine if you get a two family house and the first floor has four bedrooms mm-hmm. and then the upstairs is a separate apartment right where so you're renting that upstairs for $2500 a month then you have the floor that you're living in and then you bring roommates in now you got a ton of cash floating around okay and you only have to if i understand correctly it's 6 months you have to live in an fha before you can move on to another property I or is it a year? a year it's either 6 months or a yeah. year so then you could do it again um and you could do that a couple times there's no limits to how many times is there so i, I don't know if you can do it again with an existing fha i know there's some i don't know the exact rule for that but they don't allow you to get multiple fha right no you can have one at a time but so i th- i think you could you could refinance out of that initial fha loan and then go and get another fha loan can you there's there's a way to do it okay yeah. but you can't refinance out of that cuz the leverage is 95% how are you going to refinance out at 70% of that point because your rent roll is going to change you're going to have now you're going to you're going to have all these people in your house you can't obviously count the um roommates right but what you could do is release that space that you were living in to a tenant now so now you have two tenants and then you can go and say that you're going to move into that next house. Right. So, and if you do that 3 or 4 times, you're going to generate income each time you do that and that's what's going to get you to that $5,000 mark. So, you could even do that with one property. Um I like commercial. It's a little harder to get into, but one of the uh, probably the third property that I had, it was a four tenanted commercial property. I bought it, it was a fixer upper. Uh I just put a ton of money into it so I had to save money to do that. But after I fixed it, I now have a property with four tenants that um the rent roll every month is um $13,000 a month. My mortgage and taxes are 6. So, just on that one building, I am making what uh $7,000 more than $5,000 a month. Nice. $7,000 a month. That's on one building. So, you just have to look for opportunities to create value and and turn it into um cash. So, it's not hard to do. But so I cuz I I do a little bit of research myself. There has to be some kind of restrictions on a FHA loan. Like what things should I should I know going in if I'm going to take a 3 point like 3 and a half percent? Um what you should know going in is right off the bat it's extremely competitive to buy any two family yeah. at, at least in New Jersey 
all of New Jersey, North and Central specifically, extremely competitive to buy a two-family with an FHA loan because you're going to have to pay top dollar for it. Mm -hmm. And if you pay top dollar for it, you're not going to cash flow because your mortgage payment is going to be that much higher. So this is great as conversation, but in order for you to build, start building a rental portfolio, it all comes down to finding deals. All of real estate comes down to finding deals. Mm -hmm. And most people who look for a primary house are not looking for deals, right. quote unquote. They're looking for a place to live and raise your family. If you're looking to build wealth, you're not in that same category, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can look for homes on the MLS, but you're paying retail prices for those. Um, if you want to be an investor, you have to start sourcing your own deals. And, and you're young now, so you yeah. know, if you, it, it's a great time to start when you're young, you don't have a family yet. You know, you and your, your, your girlfriend, or if you're doing it with another, another roommate or whatever, you can go out and you can live in the smallest possible space mm -hmm. in this building. Yeah. So if yeah. you could get a three family with a studio on top, you know, you take that studio, you rent out those other two units, and there you go, that's your first property. And then you start saving again until you can get in, and go buy your next property. And you can roll that over and over and over and over. And there's no reason you can't start early because the down payments are so low that, you know, it doesn't take, it's not that hard to save up three and a half percent of something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. You know, but what Armour did said, it depends on the market because when you're in a um, aggressive seller's market where there's no inventory, people, the sellers have so many offers coming at them that they don't need to take the FHA loans right. because they are more yeah. difficult to get approved and, and sellers are squeamish. You know, why take you with an FHA if I can take him with a regular conventional loan, which I know it's going to get approved. So this is a time where if you find something off market, when you don't have the competition and you make friends with somebody, mm -hmm. they, they may sell it to you with an FHA because right. they feel like, oh, I got this buyer. You know, maybe they don't have a real estate broker involved. Maybe it's just you and that person. And you have a, a mortgage guy who's going to give you this loan. They don't know that there's a hundred other buyers out there, right? right? You can just go it and you can give them the price they want and make it work. So finding off market stuff is super important. You know, yeah. Networking, talking to, to people um, in, in areas that want to sell, you know, go stalk neighborhoods that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And look for opportunities that way. Check out um, the for sale by owners. There's uh, Craigslist, all those mark Facebook Marketplace, all these things yeah. have opportunities out there. Just spread the word. Hey, I'm looking for a house. Right. You know. So if I had a say, I had a close family friend that was trying to sell their one bedroom, or not sorry, not one bedroom, but their property in Bloomfield. Like it's a one family house. Mm -hmm. Like I could house hack, or like how difficult would it be for me to approve that to become a multifamily home? Like say if I wanted to, I don't know, like fund the flip. Build on top of it, you mean? Yeah. Turn a single family into a multifamily? Yeah. I wouldn't even bother with that when I'm first starting out because you'll have to deal with zoning, variance. It's not, right. not so going to be worth it. It depends no. on the town and it yeah. depends on the zoning of the area. So every town has what's called zoning. There's different areas that allow different things to happen in it. So if it's a single family home, the chances are that it's not... Um, going to be allowed to have a two-family home, mm -hmm. plus all of the restrictions, you know, all the work that you're going to have to do with the permitting and the changing and the right. code upgrades and all that stuff. That doesn't mean it's not possible. Um, in that scenario, you're better off getting five roommates. Right. And just renting out the rooms yep. and yeah. paying my mortgage. Yeah. One of our one of our, our team members um, at the, the, the brokerage that we have does what's called a um, – called co-luxie. It's like a luxury mm -hmm. cohabitating – type yeah. program and it's geared for people that are friends so it's like a networking group people become friends 
and they get to live together that way because they're friends and they become roommates. It's different than a rooming house where you have strangers living together. Okay, so you create a situation like that, and then you've got a house with six bedrooms, and you've got six different friends living with you. Yeah. There's no rules against that. Yeah. So the biggest thing, I guess, then is filling the vacancies, or like, say, if you have rooms, filling filling that. So where do you guys go to find, like, people for that? Is there... That's a great question. So you go to an area where you know there's, there's students, right? Because, you know... Yeah. Omar and I are a little over the hill at this point, or I am, and we're not living, we're not cohabitating with anybody, you know, unless it's our wives. So you have to go, like, I would say go to an area with with a school, with students, you know, go next to a college. Perfect scenario where you can hang out with young people, meet them, and then be like, hey, I'm looking for roommates. Or you could use Facebook Marketplace, that works. And just interview the people, let them know that this is a um, shared space, so you can Mm -hmm. be selective with who you want to bring in. Right. Make sure you all get along and everything. So, criminal like, background check and shit, right? Criminal background check, very important. So um, let's talk about how much would you rent a room for, in your experience when you did when you did your house hacking years sure. back. Now put that years back to today. What would a, what would a price be today for a I room? I think for a good standard room, um, depending on the shared space as well, living room, bathroom. You don't want five people to a bathroom, obviously. But if it's good, comfortable space, two people to one bathroom, you could rent a room for seven, about 700. Okay. Yeah. I pay that. 600, seven, 800, that's pretty much the price range right. for a single single room. You can possibly go higher, but then it depends on you know, the condition of the property, how much space they have, right. how much privacy they have, extremely important. So like if you had a bedroom in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. You as the, if you were buying that, you could live in the basement. Mm-hmm. And if you had four bedrooms upstairs, you could get a roommate, get and that's four it. roommates, and that's seven, seven times four. Yeah. Now, this is conversational knowledge, just so you know. Right. Don't go out and broadcasting it to the no. city and everything. <laughs> um, but these, this is food for thought, right? Right, yeah. So, again, in, in order to get started with rental properties, you don't have a hundred grand, 200 grand sitting in the bank account. And you don't want to put that towards a rental anyway. Mm-hmm. So the real answer to the real question over here is how do you get started with your first property? You get an FHA, you find a property that you could house hack, mm-hmm. you live in the unit, and then you be real selective with who you're allowed mm-hmm. to come in. Right. That generates a whole different source of additional income that you otherwise wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And that's your first house. That's your first house. Now, the next question is, how do you get the second deal? Yeah. Hold on, wait, before we get to the second deal, well, there's another type of financing. Seller financing. Okay. Okay. Worth getting into, yeah. If you can convince somebody to loan you the money... Okay, like someone doesn't want to sell their houses, their house yet because of a tax issue, or they don't want to sell their house yet because of an inheritance issue. Maybe somebody, one of your friends, um, the the grandparents owns a house and they're still alive, and their tax basis is different. And they, this is more towards a, a rental property, but um, they don't want to sell the house yet because of taxes. But maybe they're gonna they'll they'll sell it to you with a mortgage because they can offset their taxes differently if they hold paper or what they what they call holding a seller financing because they don't have to get that huge chunk of money at one time and pay all the taxes on it at one time. So there are opportunities for seller financing. They're not out there all the time. People aren't really advertising it, so you have to ask about it. But it's certainly worth trying. Um, usually it's for less desirable properties. More desirable properties go really quickly. But if you see an area where nobody's houses are selling, go and approach people. Go approach five different owners and be like, hey, I want to buy your house. Would you sell or finance for me? Same, just like a bank. 
So seller financing is an option. I think it's more common amongst uh, commercial properties. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find a standard two family, for example, that's going to offer seller financing because most of the homeowners are mom and pop type smaller owners and they may not even be open to the idea of creative financing. But it's something to know. Definitely useful um, as a tool. But as far as getting your second property, let's assume you have your first property, your house hacking. How do you go about getting your second property? You have to reinvest that money, right? The, the money that you're, well... The money that you're getting from the, the house hacker, ha house hacking, right? Yeah. That should fund that first house. So now you have to, I guess you have to use your income still until, Good. Yeah. until you can. Right? So now you have the house that you live in, it's it's self-sustaining at this point, right? Because right. the rental income coming in, plus you may have to contribute some, covers the mortgage and taxes, insurance, et cetera. So now your, your main income, whatever that may be, is free to reinvest into something else. Mm -hmm. But the chances of you using your main income to save up 100 grand, 200 grand to put down a 25% down payment, right? Because rental properties require 25% down payment. Yes. It's going to take you a long time to do that. Unless you're a high income net earner, which in most cases, they, you, you may not even be interested in two family at that point. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you a long time to save 125000 150000 to buy a $500,000 house, mm -hmm. right? So the shortcut to that is... How do you go about getting that money if you can't save up through your income? Go to the more casino. Money. You could, yeah, earn more money. That's the easy answer, right? Yeah. Um, but second this job. Second, second, third, fourth job, whatever it might, get, whatever it might take. Um, and we talked about how you can increase your income. You have to increase your income somehow to put the next down payment down. Because your second property, unless you repeat the FHA mortgage, um, you have to put 25% down to get an investment property. So let's assume the average two families is 500000 in New Jersey. That's, my math, is $125,000 down payment, right? So do you have access to $125,000? Most, most people don't. And even if you do, how many times are you going to buy a two-family and tie up all your money, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point, and I wish I knew this in hindsight as well, your priority isn't to buy rental properties at that point. You have to increase your income or get access to capital. Right, so your strategy at that point has to change. Right. You, you're done with the FHA unless you use it again. In order to build a rental portfolio, you have to do one of two things. Significantly increase your income or get access to capital. Through hard money lending. How do you get access to capital? I was gonna, I, that's what I was going to ask. So how do you get access to capital? Because I'm not increasing. I don't feel like to increase my income to have $125,000, in my, my bank account is like right majority of people are yeah. not going to do it they're just not so that's what i'm saying is that's not an option don't right. even use that as an option so you have to get alternative and creative financing so eric mentioned seller financing i that's less common i don't think that you're gonna find many deals on that um but alternatively how do you finance a deal that you find that's worth pursuing um you have to use a mix of hard money hard money loans and private financing you're gonna start talking to investors who are willing to lend you money what's a hard money loan it's a bank, basically, but because you don't qualify or you're a riskier type of a of a of a borrower, the rates are higher. So if the rates are normally six percent for a hard money loan, they could be twelve percent, and there could be a lot of fees connected yeah. to it. So not necessarily a bank; it's a lending company, right? A lending platform. Yeah, could be a yeah. person. It's not. A, it's like a bank, but it's not a bank. Right. So yeah. so when yeah. someone says hard money loan, um, what do you think the hard money stands for they up like they give you that cash right but why is it called hard 
Yes, because it's a higher interest rate. Hard to pay for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Could Why is that. it all hard? Um, no, it's, it's, I don't even know the answer to that. So it, it's hard because um, when you go to a traditional bank to get financing for a house, they'll look at your personal taxes, financing, credit score, et cetera, right? They'll look at your personal financial statement. Hard money lender is going to look at the hard asset that you're looking to buy. Oh. Yeah. So they look at, does this property make sense for us to lend on? Right? So if you find a two-family that makes sense, if it's cash flowing, that's your hard asset. That's what they're de- deciding they should put a hard money loan on. So they're not looking at you as the borrower as much, whereas a traditional bank would look at the borrower more. So they have light qualifications that they will look at from a personal level. Mm-hmm. The credit score still matters. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it does matter. Um, your ability to, uh, your, your funding that you have access right. to, it still matters, but it's just not as priority as traditional financing. So that's the hard money. Then you mentioned personal, meaning like, Hey, Grandma, can I borrow $50,000? Now, let me ask you, do you have a Grandma who's going to give you $50,000? No. You don't. So how Grandpa, do you get... Grandpa, aunt, <laughs> uncle, cousin. Do you, have, do you have anyone that comes to mind in your immediate network that can give you twenty five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000? Off the top of my head, no. You don't. So guess what? You're part of the majority of people, right? Right. So how do you get access to private financing? Someone who's willing to invest into it, not as a favor, but they're getting profit from it, right? Yeah. Do you think there's people out there willing to do that? It has to be. Yeah. Like investors, right? Mm-hmm. You have to find an investor. But investor could be your friend. It could be anybody. Right. Your friend's a doctor. Yeah. Great source. Has tons of money. Doctors always have at least twenty five, fifty thousand dollars laying around that they will invest. And if the interest rates are low and they're making 1% of the bank and you can offer them 6% return or an 8% return, boom, 8%. there's your money right there. Yeah. So as an investor, you have to put on your investor cap, mm-hmm. right? And this is what investors mm-hmm. do. You have to have these conversations with people who have money in the bank, they don't know what to do with it. A lot of your corporate friends as you get older, they'll have 100, 200 grand savings in the bank and it's just sitting there, they don't know what to do with it. So you have to mix that private financing with something like hard money because hard money will lend you 70% of the, up to 80%. But since you're starting, it'll lend you 70% of the acquisition price and you have to come up with the 30%. So you have to mix the two. Now, if you do it right, there's no money out of your pocket. It's gonna take some time to get experience, but you can do these deals with no money out of your pocket. Just remember, it's all about the cash flow. Yeah. Right. right. So you have to make sure that all of those interest payments, when you add everything up together, your rental income still makes more than that. Yeah. Okay, otherwise, it doesn't work. And you have to do that, do that math and make sure the deal is even worth mm-hmm. pursuing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you, you won't get financing on it. Now, if you take all this stuff that we talked about and you throw in value-added properties, right? So when you're buying that FHA property with that, or that property with that FHA loan, you're not going for a glamorous, gorgeous perfect house you're going for something where you can add value by what we talked about fixing the bathrooms fixing the apartments raising the rents that's a way for you to then refinance out of that fha loan mm-hmm. okay because you've created additional equity in your property and then you can take that and go get another fha loan okay or you can take that income and and go and do what omar said add through a personal loan or through some hard money and go and get your next property and after you do this two or three times, you're going to have your $5,000. Right. Super easy. Right. I don't know about the super easy part. But super yeah. easy. <laughs> it's doable. It's doable. Um, totally doable. You just have to decide to do it. And you just have to go out and you keep, keep trying. You have to go out and look at property after property after property yeah. and make offers. Don't get worried about insulting somebody. As long as you're professional and you smile and you're like, hey, this is what I can do. Would you entertain this? You will find one. You will 100% find one. To kind of wrap things up, um, my final question would be, <clears throat> if I wanted to go out and do this tomorrow, how much pocket 
like how much money in my pocket should I have if I wanted to buy a multifamily house in this, let's say in this current market. It's based on your price point. How much do you think? Well, houses now. What's the first step you'd go out to, to even take? What's the first step you would take? I have to look for multifamily homes. Where? Um, in Jersey. So for example, I live in Bloomfield. Like I have to find some, I would want to live in the same town. So I have to look for houses in there, but also be open to. So is there a section of Bloomfield that has two family houses? Yeah. Okay. So you would walk the streets. How would you, how would you search for two families in Bloomfield? I would go on Zillow. You would. I would go on Zillow. I would look at any kind of like. Homes that are for sale, listed for sale. Yeah, listed. But you're you and the hundred other people, thousand other people. Too. Yeah. So now we Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. So I mean, so those are the other stuff, right? Door knocking. Door knocking. Postcards. Door knocking is an option. Now, as an investor, remember you're not part of the retail market, mm-hmm. right? If you compete against people who plan to live there, they're going to outbid you, right? Because your numbers have to be different than theirs. So investment is a game where you get what you put into it. Right. And if you want to get the easiest access and sit on your computer and start clicking around, you're not going to find right. great deals, so right? The, the best thing to do would be, oh, my, I heard my friend was trying to, or my friend's mom or my friend's grandma was trying to sell their house. Yeah, 100%. Let me, go, let me call, call them. You want to find the properties before the, they're out there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you'll have zero competition. And it, okay. that's referred to as off-market deals, mm-hmm. right? And what makes a good off-market deal is what Eric mentioned. These houses typically need a lot of work. So they don't, the, the owner may not want to list it on the MLS for wh- whatever reason. They don't want to deal mm-hmm. with realtors, pay commissions, do the inspection part of purchasing. So if you could go direct to them, offer them a cash offer in most cases, and take the house as is, that's where your deal is made. Right, but he can't do cash because he's got to do an FHA loan. Initially, but you can get hard money. You could go after the hard money, but you know, for no, me, but those, those are two different things. FHA is his first house hack, but this is after, after the FHA. Okay, right. But it could go either way, you know. But it's for for me, it's about getting people to like you, knocking on those doors. You now, just be careful. Some of those two families, the owners may not even live there, so you have to figure it out. But if you get people and you tell them your story, you'll be like, hey, you know, this is my first property. I'm really excited. There's going to be people that want to help you. Right. And I would use that. I've always used my um, story and what I'm trying to accomplish and, and how I love someone's property or whatever. Um, and, and I give them the true inside of what I'm trying to accomplish. And it nine out of ten times helps me close a deal. So, so how does that go down? You go up to the seller? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Seller, and hey, you tell them, hey, I'm Eric Anderson. This is my four thousands rental property, and I really like to buy yours. No, I mean, I, it depends and, on what it is. So you're starting out, and he goes up to the property owner. Be like, hey, you know, are you interested in selling your property? And and the guy name, says yes. And he says yes. You know, my name is Eric Anderson. I'm trying to make a fortune for myself. Are you interested in selling? For you 50%? don't say that. You say, hey, um, my name's Eric, and I saw your house, and I and I see that um, this is yeah. a two family house. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm looking for a place to live. I'm looking for a place to raise my family or, or I'm looking to um, grow my career in real estate and I would love for you to sell me your house. You know, this is my second one. I'm super excited about this. Would you help me accomplish my dreams? Just like that. I was just teasing him, but yeah. Yeah. There are people out there that want to help. Not everybody, but there are a lot of people that want to yeah, help. And if you can show that you have your, your package together and you're organized and you know the talk and you're not a smart ASS, It'll happen. It will. Yeah. 
positive energy equals positive results. That positive energy will get you to that $5,000 a month faster than you think. Mm. Took me like a year to get to my first one after I decided that's what I wanted to do. And then, you know, now 20 years later, I have a ton of um, rental income. I don't want to tell you what it is, but it's a lot. <laughs> um, but it, was, it took me a while to get there, and it's just through all different types of properties, some residential, some commercial. Um, and it's a, fun, it's a fun journey, and once you get into it, you're, you're going to love it. And it's really not that hard. It's just being able to take the steps to make it happen. You know, and I always say start young, but you could do it when you're older. But you know, I'm looking at you. You're a young guy. Now's the time. So I hope that helps. Thank you, guys. <laughs>